0: Hi. Welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Last Sunday, we considered together what it is that we're talking about when we talk about faith. What is faith? Bottom line, faith is more or less confidence in God's love and power, trust in God's trustworthiness, faith in God's faithfulness. That concept, faithfulness, is what snags my attention in this week's text. Faithfulness being not so much what faith is, but what faith does, what it looks like to live faith. I am convinced that God gives us everything we need to be faithful people. The question of faithfulness is what do we do in response? Now before we carry that question into today's uh, second text, I want us to spend a few minutes with today's first passage, that Isaiah passage that Will just read, a text intended to break open human hearts. In it, the prophet shares the love song of a gardener, a vineyard keeper who has lavished love upon a vineyard high on a fertile hill This devoted gardener cleared the land to create the vineyard, then hand-picked every vine and planted each one to create the perfect spot for maximum sun and soil and rainfall. The gardener even built a watchtower to make sure that all would go well, and in well-founded confidence that all would indeed go well, the gardener built a hand-crafted wine vat right there in the vineyard, so that the very instant those grapes were ripe, the gardener could harvest them. And those grapes, in response to the gardener's tender loving care and careful tending, those grapes would pour forth all their sweetness without a moment's delay. Up to this point in the story, the gardener's perfect plan for maximizing the goodness of the harvest reminds me of my favorite Avid gardeners, my parents, who have rhapsodized not so much about grapevines as about corn on the cob. I remember my dad fantasizing about getting a long enough extension cord that he could carry a microwave oven out into the garden, and at the peak of fresh corn ripeness, he would open the door of the microwave and clamp the appliance around the corn plant to cook the corn stalks without, to cook the corn without even removing them from the stalk. Isaiah's gardener looks at the vineyard With that kind of delight and eagerness, this gardener can already taste the sweet wine that the text identifies as justice and righteousness. The gardener has lavished upon the vineyard everything needed for these vines to succeed, for that sweet wine of justice and righteousness to flow forth. But something goes horribly wrong. Instead of good grapes, that produce good wine. These vines have borne inedible fruit that's no good to anyone. The gardener asks, what more could I have done? But then swiftly pivots, never mind. These vines want to grow their own way, go their own way, so be it. I will no longer tend them, pruning in this season and watering in that season. No, I will abandon the vineyard to be trampled, and soon the vines will be choked out by thorns. And to be certain that we understand this tragic parable, Isaiah adds this little key. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are God's pleasant planting. And the turn of events that should break open human hearts is that God expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. That's why this vineyard matters so much. The wine was just not only for the gardener's personal consumption, no. It was the sweet wine that God's world needs. It was justice and righteousness. Church, when I see the modern world accepting gun violence, when I hear us ignoring the lack of housing for those whom God calls us to care for. When I read of justice denied, when I personally participate in systems that contradict righteousness, I have to pray that God will not give up on us, but will still cultivate all of us wayward vines so that we grow as God intends. Chapters later, Isaiah will offer hope that such prayers are not in vain. Isaiah later shares the promise that a shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse. In that promise, you can hear a whisper that God's faithful care is never for naught. God does everything necessary for us to succeed in bringing forth justice and righteousness. God even sends the only begotten Son the one who is that shoot from the stump of Jesse, sent to show us the way. And so God's care for us does continue, thanks be to God, giving us always new opportunities to produce justice and righteousness. The question is, how do we, through faithfulness, respond? Hear now today's passage from the letter to the Hebrews, beginning with chapter 11, verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith... The walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign enemies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God gives us everything we need to be faithful people, even Jesus Christ guiding the way and a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. The question stands, What do we do in response? Plainly, the answer has something to do with faithfulness. Today's second reading begins with a litany of people who distinguished themselves through what they did by faith. Those ancient saints faced mighty challenges, persecution, execution, torment, torture, stuff we only read about. Our modern challenges are much subtler. I mean, we really aren't at risk from the mouths of lions. Instead, we are at risk of being eaten alive by apathy or by despair. We are not at risk of being sawn in two, but our generosity is at risk of being cut back by consumer spending. And even our empathy is at risk of diminishment by the casual cruelty of social media. Faced with these modern challenges, what will we do by faith? This sermon keeps asking that question because what links today's two texts is the unsettling notion that God actually has expectations of us. As was the case with that vineyard, God has poured out God's very self for us so that we will bear good fruit. So what will we do? What will you do, dare, give, be, so that covenant Presbyterian may thrive as a vineyard that brings forth the wine of justice and righteousness? Remember, that's what matters to God, the sweet wine that God's world so needs. Justice and righteousness is what this race we're running is all about as we follow not only the faithful saints, but also Jesus, the ultimate expression of faithfulness. The author refers to him as the perfecter of our faith, and we are called to follow his footsteps of justice and righteousness, follow his ways of mercy and inclusion, follow his priorities of feeding the hungry and healing the sick and standing with the marginalized. We persevere in our race by patterning it upon his. I think that's what we've been doing with Habitat for Humanity whether supporting it financially or hammering nails or painting walls or laying sod. Jesus is still moving ahead of us, blazing the trail and setting the pace. And when we start wondering if we're ever gonna make it, he and that great cloud of witnesses are cheering us on. Maybe blessing the backpacks of the children in our midst is also faithfulness responding to that encouragement, amplifying it even. I mean, after all, as those kids run their race, y'all will be part of the great cloud of witness right here in this building, part of all that God provides for these young people. These things sound small, I know, when compared with the suffering saints of old, but they matter. When I moved to Atlanta right after college, I was suddenly closer to my father's family who lived out in Lilburn. I'd grown up visiting them, you know, a couple of times a year, and suddenly I could see them more often, and I was able to develop a deeper relationship with the woman who was my father's only sibling. She called him brother, and he called her sister, and that is why I'm about to tell you a story about my aunt-sister. So. I wish I could remember the circumstances, but I don't. One day, Aunt Sister said to me, without my savior, I just don't think I would have made it through. Now, at that point in my life, I was completely unchurched, so my mental filing cabinet had no place for a statement like, without my savior, I just don't think I would have made it through. But maybe it was even the the oddness of that that made the statement stick with me, so that a few years later when the Holy Spirit saw fit to blow me through the doors of Central Presbyterian Church and I was baptized at the age of 28, I sat down and wrote a thank you note to Aunt Sister referencing that long-remembered statement. A few days later, the phone rang. Aunt Sister had gotten the thank you note and there were tears in her voice as she said, oh my dear, that's the way she talked. I always prayed that God could find some purpose for me, but I'm just an ordinary woman and I couldn't see how he could ever make use of me. But now I know that he has. Three takeaways. Number one, always write Thank-you notes. (laughs) Number two, dare to speak your faith because you never know what might break open a human heart. And number three, the great cloud of witnesses that includes Rahab and Samson and martyrs and prophets also includes ordinary people like my aunt's sister. Ordinary, and yet God makes use of them. And so it is for us, all us ordinary people who serve as part of the great cloud of witnesses for our children and contribute to God's sweet wine of justice and righteousness on behalf of our neighbors, including Miss Arnita Allen. This race we are running is not about us. It's about us running in such a way that we can be of use to God. It's about us receiving all the tender, loving care and careful tending that God provides, including the example of Jesus Christ and the encouragement of that great cloud of witnesses. Receiving and responding to all of that by doing our little bit to bring forth all that God intends, you know, the sweet wine of justice and righteousness. God gives us everything we need to succeed as God's people. The question, the invitation, is how do we in faithfulness respond? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org, that's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.